One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon for you. So, you know, we heavily pitched this show. We were going to have Maria Conchacao uh, on this episode. So if you're tuning in, don't be disappointed because Marie will be coming on. Uh, but that leads into kind of the announcement that we have um, right out of the gate. So uh, we talked to Marie, and I had a couple of uh, conversations with her this week. Uh, but we have a new format that we want to talk about. So if you're listening to us live right now, if you're watching us live on uh, Facebook Live, um, you can go over to the R2 Consulting uh, webpage or find me on Facebook, Rick A. Morris. We're broadcasting live right now on Facebook Live as well as the VoiceAmerica.com uh, uh, broadcasting network. Uh, but we have a brand new format uh, that we're super excited about that we're going to start next week, um, which is that we're going to be doing this via Zoom uh, conference as well. So if you go to rickamorris.com slash Voice America, uh, you can find out how to sign up. But we are actually going to have this live audience feel. And we're super excited about it because we've offered the opportunity to call in. And we know that people drive and that kind of stuff, but a lot of people do interact with us from their desk. So I get emails and tweets and that kind of stuff during the show. Um, with this Zoom format, you're going to have the opportunity for us to be able to see each other and interact as if we were in a live audience. So it's super exciting. And so we were talking to Marie about that. And so instead of just doing the show uh, via audio with Marie, uh, we wanted to give people the opportunity to interact with her directly. So uh, when we were setting all of that up, we found out that uh, she's in Dubai this week. And believe it or not, um, I didn't know this, but um, Dubai blocks a lot of the major apps. So we couldn't do it via GoToMeeting. We couldn't do it via Zoom. We couldn't do it uh, via uh, Skype. Uh, there was a lot. We we tried just about everything, and uh, Dubai regulates a lot of that stuff, and 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 there's no way to really connect. So we are figuring out when the next uh, date is going to be for her, uh, in which she can connect with us, and then we'll set that up and and have an opportunity for you guys to not only interact with her but see her uh, for that interview. So we're just making sure that that we can have that maximum impact. Um, but a few announcements for us before we get started on today's show as well. So I just signed for another year on the Voice America Network, so I'm so excited about that. We just uh, announced, we just did our 100th show, and so that's exciting as well. And then we're bringing this new format. So with this new format, you'll be able to hear us via the internet radio station as usual, via the Voice America app as usual. If you miss the show, you can obviously hit it via the iTunes uh, or, or Android or however you catch it. Uh, we've been doing transcription services of the show uh, on pmnetworks.com, but now we've got this Zoom format, which we're also going to tie into Facebook Live. So, I mean, we've got literally eight different ways now in which you can interact with the show. So there's no excuse to miss the work-life balance. And quite frankly, we tell we can tell you haven't been missing it uh, because the numbers came in for you know 2018, and the show from an audience perspective, grew by 57% in year-over-year numbers between 2017 and 2018. And already in 2018, we're up 54%. So we're doing something okay. Uh, and we're certainly appreciative of you guys tuning in, uh, being a part of it, and interacting with us. Because we do it for you, right? When when we got into this, I remember talking with, with Winston Price, executive producer. We felt like we had something to say. 
And we wanted to do a good show and, and have some fun with it, bring a lot of different guests. That's why we named it the Work-Life Balance, was not only to bring some of these ideas to, to bear, but also have the ability to um, interact and, and have really a, kind of a wide variety of guests. And, and I remember even Winston Pitching going, are you sure this isn't entertainment? You know, you sure you don't want to be on the entertainment network? You want to be on the business network? And I was like, oh, no, it's business. We're, we're going to be talking business stuff, but we got to have fun while we do it as well. And uh, so we got into it. We weren't sure. And uh, so here we are going into our third year and, and hopefully many more years uh, to come. So let's get into some of the things that, that I wanted to talk about. So when um, I get the opportunity to do the show by myself, uh, I just like to kind of do a mind up of, of what happened during the week and um, what was what going on. And, and quite frankly, I've, I've really been diving into the realm of digital response marketing. And, and um, you guys have been on this journey with me being a small business owner. I've talked about you know, building a business. I've talked about payment terms. I've talked about struggles of being a small business owner. I've talked about sales strategies, all that kind of stuff on the show, as well as the project management principles. And uh, so this new thing uh, had had popped in around continuity market, uh, continuity programs and digital response marketing. And so I, uh, you know, really went after that, launched a bunch of project uh, products on, um, on March 31st. Uh, so those are all on rickamorris.com. And so this is all a lead in to who's going to be our guest next week, which is the guy who really kind of connected all the dots for me. So we're going to have Dave Gambrel on the show next week, uh, who is a, a digital marketing expert. Um, but he really helps anybody who's a speaker or author or coach, a small business person, understand a lot of these technology things and, and uh, really help me out um, in terms of connecting a lot of the dots. And and one of the first things that we'll talk about is, you know, doing things right versus doing the right thing. So for the last 10 years, all these activities that I've been doing to build my audience and, and to talk to you guys and, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all these different things I've been doing, um, I've been doing all the activities and I've been doing the right things, um, are doing things right, but not necessarily the right things in the right order. And so we'll be talking about that on next week's show. And again, it'll be the first time that we're doing the format uh, of this Zoom. So if you go to rickamorris.com slash Voice America, you can register to be uh, part of the very first, the very first live audience that we're ever going to have in that format. So we hope that you'll join us and support that new format. So this week, um, as I was kind of mulling over things, um, you know, a lot of these thoughts come to me um, via journaling, and, and I got a great email uh, uh, from somebody I've been talking to quite a bit, and he hit me up and said, you know, how do you come up with so much content? You know, where do you get your content from? And really, that comes from discipline uh, around learning and, and listening to and following a lot of the principles that John Maxwell has taught me, um, specifically around the rule of five. And, uh, you know, for those of you that are on Facebook Live, you can see this. I've got a little card here that I can hold up, but I've got a little rule of five that, that I've got taped right here in front of me that is my personal rule of five um, that I do. But part of that is, you know, I have a morning routine. I learn, read, or pursue new information every day. I prospect every day. Um, and then I write and complete a to-do list every day. And the fifth thing that I do every day is journal. And in that journaling is where I start to come up with a lot of the different ideas or things that happened to me that day or something funny. 
Um, and so I've just got literally troves and troves and troves of just little anecdotes, things that I picked up, thoughts that I had that start to build on each other. And then inevitably what happens is I start to connect those. And so um, I'll be sitting there and I'll hear something, somebody else say something or I'll read something else and I start to connect those. Um, and so what I wanted to do on the radio show today was just go through some of the things that I had connected during the week and, and just talk about some of the, the stuff that, that was on top of mind. And so the first thing I was going to talk about um, was what I, what I talk about average versus exceptional. And this is, you know, to me, what are some of the key differences between an average employee, a team member, or an exceptional uh, team member or employee? Um, and it's an interesting thought because, you know, you can't do the, here, here's the big thing. You can't do the same thing every day and expect different results, right? We, we, we all know this, that that's an inherent thought in our brain that, 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 that makes total sense, right? But then when I look at people that I consider to be average contributors, that's what they do. They come in every day, they clock in, they do the exact same work and they clock out, but they expect to be promoted. They expect to be uh, given raises. They expect, but they're doing the same thing every day. They're not growing, they're not learning. So to improve ourselves, we must change something that we're doing every day. And that's part of that rule of five for me is to learn, read, and pursue new information every day. Change something, uh, a, a thought every day. And so this thought kind of came to me because I was working with, with, with this. I had this former client. And, and so they, they used to be a client where we no longer have a working relationship. And we're not under contract anymore. But they called me out of the blue. And this was right after the show last week. They called me. Um, they had this issue. They needed you know, help right away. They realized that, that we weren't under contract anymore, but they were desperate for help. And I was like, of course, I'll help you. Sure. I mean, let, what do you need? And so I listened to the problem. I, I figured out what it was. And I was like, all right, here's the things you need to do. And it was like a five-step process. And I was like, so here, here's what you do. You know, knock these things out. You'll be fine. And um, I said, so do, do you have anything else? Do you understand the process? Are you good to go? And they said, yep, we're good to go. I said, perfect. All right, so glad I could help. You, you guys have a great weekend. So I get a phone call literally like 8 a.m. Saturday. And it was that it was the engineer. And he was like, hey, I did step one. I, I don't know what to do next. Hey, no problem. So here's you know step two, here's step three, here's step four, here's step five. Um, you, you good? Do, do you need anything else from me? Do, do you need me to send you an email, whatever? He goes, no, 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 I'm good. I got it. All right, good. So about noon, I get a phone call. And he goes, all right, I'm through step two, but now I'm stuck. And I'm like, all right. So step three, step four, step five. So I've, it's now gone from, hey, I'm just helping you out in a bind to, are you sure I'm not consulting for you again? Right? Became this pattern. So he calls me on Sunday again uh, because he had to get through step four. And so now it's Monday afternoon and he calls me and I happen to be at the grocery store and I picked up my cell phone and I answered the question and he was like, um, you know, I need your help right away. I'm at this last step. I can't fix it. And I said, listen, I'm away from my desk. So I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So this email comes out that says, well, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with Rick and he's just not available to us. Um, there's nothing we can do. We just got to sit and wait for him. And, and it, it came out with kind of a negative tone. Like, you know, I'm not available to them. So therefore we're all dead in the water until Rick gets back. And, and, and 
you know, I was sitting there going, well, what about, you know, did you let him know that I was there for you Saturday and I was there for you Sunday and, you know, it's Monday now and dude, what, you know, give me a little bit of credit here. And just because I wasn't Johnny on the spot for you, how are you stuck? And so I started to think, like, what would I do in that situation? Like, what would I have done? And and so I'm, I'm at the, the grocery store and I was like, I wonder what I would have done. And I'm actually going to tell you what I would have done right after we come back from a break. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile. And there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. So, uh, we were in the middle of a story, so uh, I was talking about a client that had called me right after the show last week and needed some help, uh, called me a couple more times over the weekend, then called me on Monday, and uh, I couldn't get to them right away on Monday, so sent out an email like I was completely unavailable and left them in the lurch. And so as I was driving home uh, from the store where, where they called me, 
I started to wonder what, what I would do. And so what I thought I would have done is Google it, <laughs> amazingly enough. So I was like, I wonder if the answer to this person's issue would have been Google. I would have typed three words into Google and see if the answer to the issue was there. So when I did, when I got back to my desk, I that's exactly what I did. Uh, so even though I knew the answer to the, the issue, I I Googled it and sure enough, there's the answer to the problem with step-by-step -step results and I sent that to the engineer. And as soon as I emailed that to this engineer, he calls me. And so I was like, so is there a problem with the email I just sent you? And he says, uh, no, I, I didn't read the email. Uh, I saw that you were back in the office and I just figured you could talk me through it. And, and again, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm so, uh, if I was on an hourly contract with you, whatever, but th th this is kind of my time. But, but I, I tell this story because, you know, it was five phone calls, multiple emails, and it all could have been resolved if the engineer would have just searched in Google. And the, the engineer, by the way, is, is making six figures, right? He's, he is a highly paid person. And so this is a prime example of what I think we deal with as leaders or consultants, project managers. And one of, the, one of my favorite quotes from, from somebody who mentors me is Christian Simpson. And he says, if you give them the answer, you rob them of a lifetime of learning. And I've met many average employees who just want to be given the answer. They, they don't want to seek. They don't want to search. They don't want to change. They, they don't want to, to take that next step, right? They just want the quick out. And for this, I think that they will stay average, right? The exceptional employee is always seeking new learning. He or she's always looking for that blind spot and finding ways to develop it. And every day is a challenge to learn a new way or understand something that he or she's never done before. And so they're challenging those internal beliefs that's been holding them back from success. And so are you, right, an average person or are you an exceptional person? And, and what does it make? And, and it doesn't take much to jump into that exceptional realm. It really doesn't. It, it just takes initiative. It just takes the realization as I don't know what I don't know, so let me go find it. Let me understand a new way and challenge a belief. And so in that same vein, what I then started to do in, in talking about journaling and talking about learning and talking about working with stuff of connecting dots, I then started to connect the next thoughts for me, right? So I went from that average to exceptional and I was talking about, you know, learning and stepping outside of yourself. And then it, it led me to this whole blending of thoughts um, that I was having. And so, you know, with John being such a huge influence in my life, John Maxwell, one of the quotes that, that came back to me and I, I went back into my journal, um, he talks about, and he does it very funny and I, I don't want to steal his thunder, but he talks about when he was younger, he had so many certainties. He, he, as a matter of fact, he says, you should have met me when I was 20. I was awesome, right? I love the way he says that. He says, but as he's gotten older, he's gotten less and less certain about things. But the things that he's certain about, he's more certain about them than ever. Now, I know that sounds confusing, so let's break that down for just a second. So he used to have tons of certainties when he was younger. He knew everything. 
He thought he knew everything. As he's gotten older, he's he's let go of many of those certainties. But the ones he hasn't let go of, he's more sure of those. He's more certain about those than ever before. And so he's challenged many of his own assumptions and grown so much that he's dropped so many of these ancillary beliefs, right? But his core beliefs and values, he's never been more certain of. And so if you start to think about that, right, I, I see that, right? In my 20s, the, the ego was out of control. The, the, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with anything I was doing. And, and the more that I meet people like, Simon Sinek and Seth Godin and and John Maxwell and these people, I realized I don't know a thing. And that excites the crud out of me because I'm, I'm learning more and reading more and absorbing more and opening my brain up to more things than I ever have before. And that makes me so much stronger in in understanding it. Um, I, I just went through a big design session with a client last week, and in in my own mind, I was comparing that to something I had done just maybe two years earlier. And in two years earlier, I was all about leading that session. And I sat back and let them lead this session, and it was so much more powerful. And that was just a huge change in my own personality because of watching people and learning and growing. Um, that I don't think that that I would have done if I didn't open myself up and challenge my own ancillary beliefs. And so then I connected that thought with something I heard in Costa Rica, which I thought was amazing. So while I was in Costa Rica, they talked about Don Pepe. And Don Pepe um, was a really powerful political figure. Um, and based on the stories I heard, now I don't know if these stories are true or not. I I haven't had time to research, but we had a political figure come in and meet with us and tell us the history of Costa Rica. And he was telling us about this this figure, Don Pepe, who led a revolution, uh, revolution, civil war, really, in in Costa Rica. And what was amazing about the story was he, he brought in he brought in this this group in in. Basically, you had the government was corrupt and the people were tired of it. So they just had elections. The They felt that the elections weren't truly fair. So Don Pepe, they come in, they overthrow the country. They, they go through, bring in this whole council of people and they rebuild the economy. They rebuild trust in the people. But here was the thing. When, when they were done and Don had, had, had re, they, they'd done what they were supposed to do, Don Pepe then returned the power back to the elected the, the elected officials and then held elections again. That was the part I found fascinating. And so then this person was talking about going to visit some young people with Don Pepe. He he was going to this youth rally, and Don Pepe wanted to go. and And the guy said, "But you know, this is a youth rally. You you, you probably won't uh, associate with these people very well because he had gotten quite old." And Don Pepe responded this way: "It's one of the most beautiful quotes I heard." He said, being young, young simply means having more illusions than memories. Therefore, I'm still young. I'll say that again. Being young simply means having more illusions than memories. Therefore, I'm still young. What a beautiful thought. 
And if you think about it, right, in our youth, we have a tremendous amount of illusions. We have a tremendous amount of things that, that we're very optimistic about that, right, we, we're, we're invincible. And then what happens is that we then develop these memories that, that challenge the fact that we should have illusions, right? Because, because when, when we have failures or we have bad things that happen to us or as we grow older, those memories of things that could go wrong then cloud the ability to have the illusions. And, and so what a beautiful thought and a beautiful way to st state it is that being young simply means having more illusions than memories. So then I was also working with Paul Martinelli. He's mentoring us through uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich right now uh, by Napoleon Hill, which is a fantastic book. And it deals with the differences between wants and desires, right? And a desire builds a passion of attainment that overtakes a want. It has a clear purpose and plan, right? A want is simply a wish. A desire is, is building this overtaking passion that completely obliterates a wish. But I saw that and, and started to think through it. And, and I kind of said, well, I don't think that there's just wants and desires. I think that people also operate off of blind faith. Because I, I see so many people, especially in the project management world, that have blind faith. They have this clear purpose, but no plan. And, and they do this with, with certainty, and, and they go after it. They're like, oh, we're going to go spend this money, or we're going to go after this project. We're going to have it done by this date, and I just know it's going to happen. But there's no plan. And, and to me, that's beyond a want, right? A want is a wish, but there's no action. Desire is a clear purpose with a plan, and blind faith is a clear purpose with no plan. And so these are all components of stakeholders and sponsors who are all going through their own spectrum of their own understanding. I mean, and as a project manager, I've got to balance all of these while maintaining the seek, right, seeking of success versus avoiding failure. Right. So it goes right. We, we just we have to look at all of these people and some of them are going with wants. Some of them are going with desire. Some of them are going with blind faith and I've got to understand and try to monitor which ones they're working with and then be able to turn all of those into inspiration, right? That's kind of what we do for a living as a project manager. And so those are some of the thoughts that, that I connected from my journals and some of the things that I've been working with this week and just, again, mulling over things that I've heard and tried to work with information that I have. So we'll continue this train of thought when we come back on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy 
means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. We're going through some of my thoughts and things that uh, we had sent out this week. And um, by the way, one of the big things is our mentorship program. We've talked about it a couple of times Um, But we are offering a product for business people, business analysts, project managers, executives, really doesn't matter. But there's never been a product like this on the market, specifically around the project management industry. In most uh, products like uh, in project management training are engineered either just to give you quick PDUs or they're engineered to um, help you get a certification or they're engineered to... Uh, just, you know, give you some broad theory. And we really wanted to come up with something that was was kind of on the line of what we're talking about here on this program today, a really kind of deep understanding of how do we grow our influence. I, I think the biggest breakthrough I ever had in project management was back in 2001 uh, when I realized it was all about context and not content. And it was really about learning how to grow my influence and expand my influence in, in ways. Because you know, the greatest lie that we're ever told in project management is that we own the project, right? We don't own anything. It's not our budget. Those aren't our people. Uh, it's not our scope. So we don't own anything. The only thing we can do is influence it. And so the greatest relationship you can have is that with your sponsor. And the more you can influence your sponsor and the more that you can gain respect from your sponsor, the more success you'll have in project management. So we built a project, a product around mentorship 
to teach the skills and the soft skills that are rarely taught in project management that's going to put you into that top 10% of project managers who can truly influence. And we're kicking off that program May 1st. Now, you can join it anytime, but uh, there's going to be 24 lessons a year and then 24 live calls a year where we reinforce those lessons. And if you miss a live call, they'll be recorded. Uh, but we are starting May 1st. So you go to rickamorris.com slash mentorship to sign up and, and uh find out all about that. So we're super excited about that. So coming back, um, I actually also uh, just uh, were in negotiations for my, I think it's sixth or seventh book uh, around uh, the work-life balance. And uh, we were playing with titles and I think um, we're landing somewhere on people are your greatest asset, right? Your teams are your greatest asset. And, and so because of that, I started to mull with that thought a little bit for me. And and the greatest asset to any organization is its people, right? It's it's the number one asset. And without fantastic employees, nobody, right, no company can survive. And so it's always intriguing to me when organizations either buy software or implement a methodology or do something, and they feel that that's going to be the silver bullet that can solve their organizational or leadership issues, Right. And, and so one of the most popular shifts that we talk about right here on this show all the time is agile. And when I first heard of agile, I was very skeptical, skeptical. Right. I, I was like, all right, here we go. It's another fad diet. Um, but the point is, is, you know, I thought it was going to go away, kind of like ISO did the way Six Sigma came and went. Um, but as it started to really gain steam, uh, I really had to understand it because I was watching these agilists come in and wreck organizations. And I didn't know how to either debate it or understand it or uh, glean value from it. So I had to devote my full resources to understanding it and learning it and become certified. Um, and uh, just like any methodology or software or project, uh, you've got to trust your people. And the magic formula in business has always been people, then process, then technology. And as I learned Agile, I really learned to love it, right? I think it's a fantastic methodology. We talk about it all the time. But it's still people that can deliver results. And what I've learned about Agile is it actually requires more trust in teams and people than some of the other methodologies on the market. So if there's an executive out there right now listening to this program and you've got some organizational issues or you've got some delivery problems, don't think that you can just adopt agile and all of a sudden it's going to solve it now it can but it's not a magic formula it's not a silver bullet a successful agile transformation requires a strong foundation of leadership and the ability to trust the team to make decisions because I, I, i'm seeing so many agile transformations in progress right now that just completely baffle me and we had rob Tomset on the show um, just about three or four weeks ago. And th this guy's a genius to me. He's the first person I ever heard talk about Agile. He wrote a book in 2000 um, about Agile. And, and we were concerned because we're seeing Agile become commoditized. And what we mean by that, and what, what I mean by it baffling me, is that you know it, people, by commoditizing it, they're, they're saying things like, well, the first thing you have to do is train the entire organization top to bottom before we can even start. I, I just filmed a, um, a web series called Agility Cast with CA, and, and that just went live, I believe, this past Wednesday. You can find that on YouTube 
uh, if you search Agility Cast. And I had my great friend John Stenbeck on it, um, and we had Alpha Abdulja w- was there, and we were talking about it. Um, and, and I think the funniest thing that came out of that is Alf mentioning that people are implementing Agile in a waterfall way, right? Because John and I talk about it all the time. We talk about an incremental implementation, right? You t- start with small teams and then you start to, to blow it out from there. And then you can have experimentation and you can find out what results are working and you can tweak it out. But these commodity-based agile implementation people are coming in and saying, no, 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 you got to start top to bottom and then you've got to transform the entire organization at once or it doesn't work. But that's waterfall. So, so what you're saying is in order for us to be successful in agile, we've got to implement it in a methodology that you are trying to replace. It just doesn't make sense. It absolutely baffles me. But what I've noticed in the most successful agile implementations, right, is secure leadership and profound trust that they instill in the structure of the teams. Agile is actually more disciplined than many of the methodologies if implemented properly. If, if an executive already does not trust the team or the staff, then Agile is not going to fix that. It's actually only going to create more confusion and miscommunications. So many organizations that are kind of diving into this Agile world, thinking that it's just going to make everything faster, well, it could. It could make you do stuff faster. I had a joke that I did for years uh, talking about implementing PPM systems. I was like, you know, you want me to automate this process, so now all you're going to do is get poor results faster. That's awesome, right? I mean, if, if you technology is an enabler, process is an enabler. But if you don't believe in your people and you don't trust in your people, then what are you enabling? Right? What I, I, I don't understand why people think, well, you know, our project management is, is horrible. We don't like our project managers. Let's buy a system and that system's going to fix everything. We're still going to hate them, but that system's going to make it work. I, it, 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 no, no. Well, our developers say, they, they can't make decisions and we don't like them, um, but let's let's adopt a methodology that's supposed to give inherent trust to them. That'll fix everything. No, no. And, and I always make this correlation, right? It's, it's it, it, the, the bad thing about that is that you'll end up blaming either the product or the methodology for the failure. So it's no different for me than saying, all right, I'm going to do Weight Watchers and I want to lose weight. Now, every day I ate fried chicken, I ate four pieces of chocolate cake, and I never exercised, right? Now, the program told me I had to do other things, but I didn't want to do that, right? Because this is what the methodology of Weight Watchers is telling me to do. But I didn't feel like doing that because, you know, I just didn't want to. Now, after a month, I didn't lose weight. I actually gained weight, and then I turned around and go, boy, Weight Watchers sucks, I mean, that's the exact same thing I'm watching company after company after company do. They're blaming the product or they're blaming the methodology for the failure, but they refuse to bring the corporate culture, the decision-making, or the strength of leadership required to change for the better. So it's a simple formula. If I don't exercise and if I don't eat right, I'm not going to lose weight. If I don't trust my people and I don't have strength in leadership – I'm not going to change a corporate culture. It's as simple as that. 
there really is no other formula than trust and love and believe in your people, right? Then enable a fantastic process. Then technology can enable you. But there's just, there's no shortcut in that. There's no easy answer in that. As John Maxwell says, everything in life worthwhile is uphill. There's no get rich quick scheme out there. You got to put in the work. And you know what? There are some quick fixes and you might see some fast results, but they're temporary if you don't change the habits. They're temporary if you don't believe in the people around you. Because people are the greatest asset that every organization must invest in. That's it. That's You want the secret to business? I don't care how many books are written. That's the only secret. Invest and believe in people. That's it. And you'll see all of the returns that you're hoping for. You'll see all the magic that you're hoping for if you simply believe in people. So we're going to take our final break right here. And then I'm going to come back with my final pet peeve of the week. And you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies, a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality, so you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback Build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program. 
at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. And we're back for our final segment this Friday of the Work-Life Balance before I get to go do my life portion of the Work-Life Balance. Um, and so the final thought I kind of want to leave you with this week, it's, it's, it's a platform that I've believed in for years, um, but I had heard it again this week and it just fired me up. Um, but, but I do the joke all the time from stage. I've written it in my books, uh, but I was just doing the whole segment on believing in people and people process technology. The, the last kind of the fourth barrier that if you were going to build a foundation, you have people process technology and then the right people for the right job. And so I was working with a, a client a few weeks ago uh, who was asking me, you know, what they need for a PMO manager uh, or a project management office manager. And uh, so I was working with them, helping them write a job description, that kind of stuff, helping them look for some key skills, uh, because I don't always think the best project managers make the best project management office managers either, because um, a lot of project managers that I've worked with have a defined way. And I think great PMO managers need to allow project managers to kind of operate in their own way. So they've got to have some flexibility. And so when I followed up with that company, it was just like, hey, how did that search go? Did you hire somebody? I heard a comment that just absolutely made me cringe. They, they said, oh yeah, we hired this this lady. She's she's fantastic. Now she's she's never done project management before, but she's really smart um, and, and we we think she'll be fine. And that just, being a an evangelist for my profession, to me, that's like saying, well, here's the person we've selected to perform your heart surgery. Now they've never done surgery before, but they're smart and they should have no problem figuring it out. Right. Imagine going in there and they've got YouTube up going, no, we're, we've got it. You know, there's there's a how to video right here. We're good. We're good. But why do companies pick unqualified people and then expect results? Right. Do we think this person's going to evolve into this PMO office manager? They, or, or do we think that they're going to devolve back into what's made them successful? Right. And then better yet, if, if this PMO doesn't deliver results, are they going to blame the hire? No, 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 no. They're going to blame the concept of the PMO. And so I consistently see organizations shortchange the process, the knowledge of project management, but they expect the full results that it's supposed to deliver. So it's no different. It's no different than what we were just talking about Weight Watchers, right? And so people ask me all the time, you know, what do I think makes a successful project manager and what do I think makes a successful PMO manager? And to, to me, it, it's, it's no different than what makes a successful leader. See, project management is one of those rare things. If, if you guys have never sat down to, to see what's required to become certified as a project management professional, it is a fat book. And, and you have to know about scope and time and quality and, and human resource and law and procurement and uh, um, how to execute contracts, how to uh, do negotiation tactics. I mean, the, the amount of knowledge you're supposed to have at the ready just to become certified is, is, is pretty big. But then organizations will hire a project manager and say, we require this certification, but then they limit their ability 
by saying, here's a project, here's a date, here's a budget, do it. Right. So, so, so there can be no value in the project management if you don't let the process itself exist. And so what I think, and, and, and by the way, if they don't hit the date or they don't hit the budget, right? So you, you haven't allowed the process to exist. Then when it fails, you turn around and go, that project management has no value. It, it's, it's mind blowing to me. But coming back to what I think are great qualities for being a great project manager or PMO manager, I think he or she must have great humility first. I think project success and failure is not about him or her. It's about the team. I think the team gets all the credit. I think when a project, I, I wrote a book a long time ago called Project Management That Works. And in it, I had what I called the 100%, 10% rule. If the project fails, it's 100% on the project manager. If it's successful, maybe 10% of that was because of the project manager. The rest goes to the team. I think he or she should ask great questions. I think that's true of any leader, but asking great questions gets the team to the best results. And finally, I said it earlier, but I think that there's a new twist that I need to see in any project manager that works for me. I think that, that they need to be seeking success versus avoiding failure. And if we frame all of our questions and actions on how to seek success versus how to avoid failure, it shapes all of the conversations and everything that we're doing. I think if we approach every conversation that we're having on how do we make this happen versus how do we avoid this from happening, I think that changes the mindset and the frame of everybody that's going after the work. So to me, those, those are three most important qualities I'm looking for in growing the influence of a project manager. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more skills, you, but notice I didn't say, you know, they got a really good Gantt chart. They, they, they got to know how to use Microsoft Project, but that's what people focus on. And who cares if you can write a good schedule if you can't communicate with people? Who cares if you can, you know, identify a thousand risks if you, if you don't know how to translate that to an executive, right? And, and, and who cares if you're fantastic at planning if the whole team hates your guts, so I think that those are three things that, that are really important to bring the success to project management. And by the way, the project management that works, we've just released our masterclass. So if you go to rickamorris.com slash masterclass, um, we've got a really unique product where it is me teaching you guys um, off of the 17 chapters of that number one selling book uh, in a way for you to grab some PDUs, but to learn those soft skills that I feel are bridging between the technical aspects of project management and those growth of influence aspects that are really going to enhance your success. And, and beyond just, it's not a teaching or a lecture. We go through all three things. So we say, you know, here is uh, the way that we go about risk. Here's how you sell it to executives. Here's how you work with your team. Here's how you really make it impactful so that you're not filling out forms to fill out forms, this is how you really utilize this um, in a way that brings value to an organization. So if you're interested, that's rickamorris.com slash masterclass, all one word, uh, and you can find it there. So that's all we have for this edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited about next week um, as we launch our new format like we were just talking about. If you go to rickamorris.com slash voiceamerica, 
You can sign up to be in the room where it happens. We're going to have Dave Gambrell um, on a Zoom conference. You're going to have the ability to interact directly with us. Now, seating is very limited for that. So Dave Gambrell and myself, you're going to have the ability to interact directly with us while we're broadcasting live to 92 countries. So please join us that way. Uh, we've got Dave Gambrell coming up on the May 4th show. He is a digital marketing expert. Now on May 11th, I'm gonna have Colin Ellis. Now, Colin Ellis, you guys may not know because he's actually from overseas, but I've spoken at two conferences with him. And essentially this is like the Irish version of me. This guy is hilarious. He has a book called The Project Rots from the Head. He is a riot. And he's also, being this new format, he's going to be on the show May 11th. Uh, I just booked that with him. This guy is phenomenal. You're not going to want to miss that show either. And then on May 18th, we've got Mark McAuliffe. He is an incredible person on the John Maxwell team, does a tremendous amount of work on leadership, uh, is just going to have some really key insights on how to grow yourself as a leader, how to really work with yourself um, in, 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 that, in that aspect. So I've uh, got three fantastic shows coming up. So it's going to be incredible May right here on the Work-Life Balance. We enjoy you guys. We're thankful that you uh, continue to spend your Fridays with us or if you're listening to us on the downloads. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we will talk to you next Friday right here on the Voice America Business Network. Hit me up on Twitter, at Rick A. Morris. Find us on Facebook, Rick A. Morris or R2 Consulting. That's where you're going to be able to see this Facebook Live video as well or any other time as well as R. Morris at R Square Consulting or Rick at Rick A. Morris. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.